When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the Tennessee Power Hour with Outkick 360 on the Outkick OT Network. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us as we begin day two of the Power Hour. If you're just joining us, we're going to do this each day. A dedicated hour to Tennessee headlines and all of the biggest sports across the state. And we begin with NFL Free Agency and the Tennessee Titans, the big splash and a big need addressed with Bud Dupree as the big signing on day number one of the open negotiating period across the league. The Titans, John Robinson, Mike Vrabel, they had to go and address their pass rush, which was just abysmal last year. And they go and do it. It's not been good, really, during their whole term in terms of guys who could win one-on-ones and go rush the quarterback. And so, when it's been decent, it's been schemed decent. And now they go and make it a priority, which they had to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and also, to, to, to fans out there, I, I mean, there were suicidal fans six hours into the pre-negotiating period. And I tweeted last night. You know, an hour ago you were suicidal, and now you have Danico Autry and uh, Bud Dupree. You know, relax. And it's been it's been worse in past years for them. Well, I mean, when you lo- when you wait. lose it's all of your free habit. agents, I can understand a little bit of concern for a moment until you see them do something. But. I mean, look at the Colts. The, the Colts have a ton of free agent money. They haven't done anything yet. You, you think they're going to wind up with nothing? They'll be fine too. FanDuel Sportsbook is the place for Tennessee residents to place a wager on any sport or market during the uh, the week leading through this coming Thursday. risk-free bet available right now. FanDuel.com slash OK360. FanDuel.com slash OK360. That's how you can place a wager on any sport or market during the promo period. If your bet loses, you get the refund in sight credit. And again, that's up to 50 bucks right now with FanDuel. We recommend doing it on the tournament, but you can place a bet tonight wherever you'd like on any sport. $50 risk-free across the state of Tennessee. Again, the website, fanduel.com slash OK360. Got to use it by Thursday night, is that right? Thursday, yep. Thursday, yeah. so right as the tournament gets underway. Get um, well, the first four is Thursday. The tournament. So, That's when the tournament gets it, underway. Yeah. Well, there are 68 know, teams in the tournament. A lot of people Thur- take that Thursday very Thursday at 4 o'clock. A lot of people take that very seriously. Uh, Bud Dupree, Let, let's get in and go a layer or two deeper here with the signing. With, with it, all the sack numbers for all these top flight pass rushers, we, we see these oh, 10 and a half sacks for Carl Lawson over the last two years, 19 and a half sacks over the last two seasons for Bud Dupree. What does that mean? Because you can have a Vic Beasley type year where Vic Beasley had a monster season. What was the season that he had, Paul? It was his second year in the league. 
he had it was a 15, Super Bowl year. He had a 15 and a half sack season. Six and a half of those came in two games with big leads. No one pointed that out. Right. Right. Like, you can pad stats. Sack or coverage sack. So I, I want to know: Are these coming first half, second half? Is he playing with a lead or is he not? Uh, and just looking at what uh, Dupree did. Now, again, he had the ACL injury. It happened December 2nd of 2020. It was Week the Wednesday 12. night game where they had to play against Baltimore with all the rescheduling going on. Second half, week 12. 19 and a half sacks over the last two years, which still ranks eighth among uh, all players at his position. In comparison here, Harold Landry is top five in hurries, but he doesn't land a lot of sacks. He has 14 and a half, for instance, compared to Dupree, who's played in less games and has played less snaps. But when I think the key here is on the hurries, He's the opposite. Very few pressures, but he has a great home run rate when you dig through the numbers with the 19 and a half sacks. When he gets to the quarterback, he wins. Finishes. He wins. He's not getting the hurry. He's getting the sack. They're two different types of players, and I'm not trying to compare one or the other, uh, and I'm not trying to compare the players around either player either. They need it's better in Pittsburgh. Better in Pittsburgh. But the Titans now have a physical front. With Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, who they bring in, who is just, if you haven't watched him play, he's long, long arms, big, tall guy. I think he's 6'4", 6'5", uh, physical player who beat up the Titans' right. interior offensive line in both matchups. Oh, Titans so just, fans should know who he is because he's done very well against them. And the Titans, by the way, like to sign guys who play well against them. This is a habit. Well, rightfully so. I, I mean, again, he's, he fits that. He's done that. And then now you have Dupree and, and Landry on the outside. Uh, they've got a little knockback to their defensive front now. You know, there's not, there's not a player you point to and say, you know, here, here comes the finesse. That this defense is not going to be known for that. No. Uh, and, and that's what we pointed out about Butler leaving. He was, he was not finesse with his play. And I think they've bolstered that area now with Dupree, who is – you know, he was certainly a physical pass rusher when we're discussing the, the type of player he is. Yeah, and talking about finishing, Autry had 20 sacks in three years with the Colts. Mm-hmm. It's a, a pretty big number for, uh, in the Titans system, a defensive end. I mean, he can finish and deliver. Oh, let's put that in comparison. Jarrell Casey, his final three years, had 18 sacks in three years. There you go. So he's, he's better than Casey at getting to the quarterback. Yeah, comparable. Uh, that, that is the comp. And, that's and what they lack. How much does that push? Now, now he's surrounded by Landry, uh, Dupree, and right next to Autry. I would hope that would push Jeffrey Simmons to really develop the pass rush part of his game, which people in Nashville, because they really like Jeffrey Simmons, who's a great guy and big time run player, uh, and made some great plays mm-hmm. against the run. Uh, similar to Rashawn Evans in how impactful he is in goal line short yardage stuff. Um, and make some big tackles for a loss, but really did not develop as a, as a penetrating player. But just having Autry there is going to help him. Right. Even if he doesn't develop a great pass rush game, the pass rush game he possesses now will be helped by the fact he's got Danico Autry on his defensive line. And they need to develop him in that. First round right. pick, defensive tackle, if you're going to be listed with the guys who are first round pick, defensive tackle, caliber guys, mm-hmm. you got to have a well-rounded game. Playing next to Danico Autry and, and practicing with Danico Autry, I would think you'd learn some tricks of the trade there. 
But also, Titans have to develop, continue to develop some of these guys. And last year, there was a pause button on a lot of that. We saw some of it. Tier Tart developed, right? Well, now he um, doesn't have to play the nose. He can play. A, he's more of a swing guy. He can play that role now. Tier Tart. He, he doesn't have to be pinned in. And where they need development is with Laurel Murchison. You know, he's yes. got. He ha- but they could slow down what they ask. He of needs him to show more. If he doesn't show more, they still need to go get an outside guy. They're going to add another one. At least. They need another inside guy late in the draft for depth purposes. Right. Um, but and, if you could count on Tart. And then linebacker. And you and don't corner. play a nose that much, and you can count on Tart, then maybe Daquan Jones is, is now gone. In my mind, I, I have parted ways. parted ways with him based on my, my planning purposes. It would be great to have him back. Yeah. So the only guy you foresee now a chance at might be Jayon Brown, and Jayon Brown's going to get I don't think twelve Jayon's million dollars back. a year. So nope. they're all gone. I don't think Jayon. I mean Brown's Jeff Swain. Uh, Matt know, Milano got what eleven million a year? Twelve. Twelve. I think. Um, I don't think Jayon draws that. But I think he does draw that. Though not, no inkl- no whispers about him yesterday doesn't. I don't think he great. draws that, but I I don't think he's back here. I think he might be better than Milano in this regard. Uh, Milano who I like a lot, requires uh, a defensive line to keep him clean. And Jayon can do some things even if, uh, you know, we know this defensive line didn't necessarily keep him clean all of the time. But um, it's conceivable the Titans lose all four. They've already lost two. Um, And now there are other two big free agents in in Daquan Jones and, uh, sorry, blanking out. Jayon Brown. Jayon Brown and Desmond King. Uh, three, three big ones left. I'm leaving Jadavian uh, uh, Clowney out. <laughs> we talked about that yesterday. I don't care about him. Yeah. Um, and now you're on to guys like Swain, who's already back. What is the big picture? What is the message if you lose everyone in free agency? It's, it, some of it's a calculated decision by the Titans, too. And I'm looking at this from both sides. All of your guys that you drafted or brought well, in let's leave. let's go through them. And also... If you decide, if it's your decision, we're not really going to try hard to re-sign these guys. What does it say about your team? I think I, I it, it's not a group; it's the individual player. Let's they're not they're not re-signing Corey Davis to right. fourteen million dollars a year. That's because fine. next off season they're going to sign AJ Brown right. to an extension. Yeah, they're not going to. They don't have a fifth year option with him. So, so it's time for a rookie in that role. That's with, right. With a lot of these, it's either or. Right, you're talking about AJ Brown coming up for contract a year from now, so you, you're fine with letting Corey Davis walk for that's that money. That's an unquestioned decision. Yes. There. So let's keep going you down get the list. A, you get a rookie. I would like a veteran maybe as the third, but you get a rookie. This is a back-to-back now good wide receiver class. I would have liked them to have gotten one last year so that he was seasoned a little bit, mm-hmm. but. Receiver is going to consistently replenish in the draft. Also, there's going to be a good receiver class almost every year. And this year, I think it's a draft priority. John U. Smith is a big loss for this offense. I, I think he's not back because they signed Derrick Henry last year. Uh, most teams don't re-sign their veteran running backs to a contract extension and pay big money. They go through the draft and go cheap. And they wear their back out and then they go get another one. I, I, I think they made the investment in the backfield and that's why you're not seeing investment in free agency at the receiver position at tight end. So, that's offense. 
defensively? They would have I, wanted I to keep Jonu Smith, but they didn't have the money available because of the Henry contract? I, I would like to think so. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's I, almost I think, identical money. I think too many fans, too, are making it like, oh, you know, Ferkser's restricted, they're going to keep him. They've gotten Swain back. You know, hopefully they get Pruitt and they'll be fine. They're telegraphing what they're doing now with these guys on the field, and you need two guys to do one job that Jonu Smith can do. I think it hurts them badly on that front. But I don't know that they're going to shop now for a veteran. Maybe they draft one if they can take care of a lot of these other holes in free agency. But I don't know how many you can. It's still a long list. It's going to be tough to replace him. Now, so, uh, Jayon Brown, you're not franchise tagging him um, for inside linebacker money um, for, for that position. Um, and you, you, you're also, I mean, all of this is cap-related, which is why they had to cut Malcolm Butler and Kenny Vaccaro. Right. Vaccaro, I think, would have been cut anyway. And Daquan Jones. Well, they, hold on. Let's slow down a little. Okay. So, J.M. Brown, uh, part of it, you know, how serviceable do they think David Long is? You and I agree. but It's a drop-off. But it was oh, yeah. functional last year. There were a lot of other problems. David Long's a backup player. I agree. And then. So, why Rashawn, not sign J.M. Brown? Let's, then, let's take the franchise well, part of the way It's very expensive. Um, plus. Uh, but losing him really hurts in this regard. Next year, you're going to need another one because Rashawn Evans is not an answer. Chad, you can't re-sign Jayon Brown because you swung and missed I'm last so year man. on Jadavian Clowney. And when I say Clowney, that was injury. Uh, but no, not the sack production. Uh, Vic Beasley. Laziness. Yeah, gone. Um, so you have some salary cap issues, and then your investments that you made did not pan out. So... You have to make your investments on getting to the passer. That that was the key cog that was missing from this team last year, and why they didn't go deeper. So but the two guys, two guys so far. I'm, I'm going down the list. We're going through the checklist of free agents that, that are leaving. Two of the guys the Titans would love to have: Jonu Smith, Jayon Brown. One they and don't Dayquan. have. Let's keep going. But well, yeah, yeah, that's that that's list. next. Just the, the three we talked about. One they don't have because the Derrick Henry contract, which no Titans fan is going to be pissed off about that because they want Derrick Henry here. But that's the that's the opportunity cost. Now, Jayon, or excuse me, Jonu Smith's out the door. Jayon Brown was simply a function of bad deals done a year ago on defense. That's well, why you can't keep him. Conceivably, but here's the other thing. I mean, conceivably you, or well, yes. I, I mean, I I get what he's saying about Derrick Henry. There's no way you can resign. There are other things you could say. The Derrick Henry money cost you Corey Day. I mean, Corey Davis. It's not a direct one for one, but I get I get why you. Well, the Corey Davis, we all agree that. on that. That's fine. You're not paying two top tier wide receivers. Yeah. AJ Brown cancels out Corey Davis. Yeah. John o. Smith is canceled out because of the deal they gave to their running back. Now on the Jayon Brown thing, here's the big problem going forward. Because David Long hasn't panned out to the degree they had hoped. And he's a sixth-round pick. I mean, you would have had to really hit. Well, Jayon's a fifth. But they hit consecutively on Avery Williamson, who then, Jayon Brown, was better. You'd like to be hitting on those picks. But they're going to need to replace Jayon Brown now. And in a year, they're going to need to replace Rashawn Evans. Now, you can't spend a ton of money on inside linebackers. They're generally replaceable parts. But they need good bodies in there to function. And one of them needs to be able to cover very well in today's league. And the other one needs to be more versatile than Rashawn Evans is, who's very limited they, and not smart you're right. enough. They have to get that, better. That's a problem position on this football team. They've got to get better behind the ball at linebacker. Uh, with, with speed, 
which is what they lacked when Brown went out. And they, they need some Instinct. versatility. It, the, the, the thing that has been so weird, bizarre, however you want to term is Rashawn Evans has not been the player in the pass rush that we thought he would be coming out of college. No. Uh, and when they rush him, it's only from that inside position. They never put him out to the edge, yeah. and they're not going to. It's not going to happen. So I'm, I'm, I do that think they're – I think they're still interested in bringing in a free agent at the position. They have to be. And they have um, probably have to draft one, though. Again, we keep putting things into the draft basket. They only have so many picks. Right. And, you know, again, you're going to have to develop those later round guys. They're not going to come in great. Inside linebacker is a position of concern now and next year. Well, And then now Danico Autry is signed, so you're not paying Daquan Jones the Seven type million. of money that he's going to get elsewhere He's to pay next to – Jeffrey Simpson. He's averaged seven million over his last contract, and he's estimated to make like seven point two, seven point five. So he'd stay the same. I, I mean, I think he's been a good leader, and he's very good at what he does. But I don't think he could pay him seven million dollars a year now for that with Autry coming on board. Hit us up on Twitter, Outkick three sixty. That's how you communicate with us. Let us know what you want to hear about, questions you may have. A lot of questions coming in about wide receiver. Uh, with the Titans. Let's get into it. We can certainly discuss that. And a little Vols talk. Let's go one more free agent, Desmond King. Now, you cut Butler. You're counting on a Dory Jackson, who I would qualify as a head case. You're, you're counting on Christian Fulton. Look, he was hurt last year. So he, it was a disastrous year for him. He missed, I think, seven games. But you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt that a second rounder is going to play like a second rounder. I mean, you can't, you, you can't bolster his position, right? You've already got enough work to do. You've got to replace Butler. Desmond King wasn't as good as he was in, with the Chargers, but I think if you got him back, you'd get some continuity there. He's not quite as fast. He's not as fast as you want when they talked about it being a more horizontal position. That's part of why you let Logan Ryan go. Yes. Um, I liked Cam Sutton. Uh, as a potential replacement who might have been cheaper. Cam Sutton re-signed with Pittsburgh. Mike Hilton from Pittsburgh is an option. There are some guys mm-hmm. out there that might be better or as good as Desmond King. I think Desmond King would be a good guy to have back, though, because you still have to go get another cornerback, at least for depth. And all of these guys at the tail end, Kareem Orr, Ty Smith, you got to flush that out and bring in new guys who have higher ceilings. They won't be able to do that with everyone, but I know exactly what you're saying. Um, I mean, cor- how long? How long did guys like that stick around? How long does Matt Dickerson stick around? Let's recycle that. Let's see them recycle that. For what price, though? It's going to be tough this year. It's tough for every team not to. Well, I'm not saying you have to go get veterans. Let's. See the undrafted free agents. Let's see the bottom barrel free agents out there who you say, I can identify a trait in that guy and we can do something with that. Let's let's see more churn. Last year wasn't a churning year, granted, because of COVID and all of that. Right. But I said over and over, like, why are they not with 16-man practice squads around the league plucking a couple guys that they really liked in the draft? We didn't see much of that across the league last I know. year, which I, was The weird. Titans should have been at the forefront of that, I felt like. Maybe there's a gentleman's agreement. Hey, we're not going to do it. They did it with the long snapper. No gentleman's agreement. No. no. But they did there it with the There will be no gentleman's snapper. agreement on this show, I'll tell you that much. Because <laughs> we are not gentlemen. But they did it with the long <laughs> snapper. They went and got a long snapper off the Jaguars roster, right? 
And yes. they kept him on their roster for three weeks because you have to keep a guy on the roster All for three fair. weeks when you get him from a practice squad. And they kept two long snappers on their roster for three weeks in order to get this guy to have long snapper insurance. And they did it at long snapper, but they couldn't go find an extra cornerback that they wanted to, to upgrade with. It was very weird to me. A lot more coming. We will get into uh, Kendall Lamb, who they sign as a, a swing player on the offensive line. We will discuss that and more. Plus, Chad has yet to react, since we've had this long layoff, uh, to Josh Heupel. What's the bid up to? Guy pledged $5 yesterday to hear me talk about it. Can we get that up? Yeah. Oh, they did. They, yeah, someone did pay to hear you speak on Heupel. Was it, do you know who this was? Uh, no, I have no clue. I would say give did the you, money to Lindsey Reed's GoFundMe account. Did you get the $5? Reed, Reed's Let's, we should keep it going. We, we, I mean, can we last until May if we can raise some money for Lindsey Reed's GoFundMe silence, account? I'm, I'm all coming for Coming up, our silence on Josh Heupel continues. You're, you're asking me on Twitter to talk about Josh Heupel in Tennessee. I will wait until May. No, I'm kidding. We'll talk about it when we come back. Yeah, hit us up in the meantime on Twitter at Outkick360. Outkick 360 and the Tennessee Power Hour rolls on here on the Outkick Kick OTT Network. I just said Outkick Kick. Outkick OTT It's actually Network. not a bad name for a show. Outkick, Outkick Kick. Kick. We're workshopping uh, a few things. So we that's are, one of the names we're going to try out. Go. The Outkick no, Kick. No, it's not. No, it's, yeah. It's, it tested well, though. Blackbird <laughs> is where we're located. Blackbird Studio. Check out the Blackbird Academy if you're into audio engineering, if you want to go to school for this, if you want to uh, be... There you go, Chad. If you want to be, uh, you know, live camera for a one, concert, if you want to produce in studio for some of the biggest artists, you can check out theblackbirdacademy.com for more information, and uh, they'll hook you up with a great education and a job in the industry you want to be in. Uh, again, check out theblackbirdacademy.com. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, give us a thumbs up, like us, really rate, like subscribe us. to our podcast channel as well. That's where you can find us each and every day. It's really easy to do, and if you do it, you're going to help us out tremendously. So we appreciate it. Hit that thumbs up. If you like what you hear, give us a review. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And we are available every day. If you're listening live or watching live right now, um, we're going to be on podcast shortly after our show every day, so available for your drive home. Hit us up on Twitter, Outkick360, best way to get in touch with us. We announced earlier David Reed is back. Yes, he is. He is back, baby. He is back where he belongs with us on this show with Outkick, Outkick 360. And he is monitoring our Facebook page, and uh, he'll be letting us know what we're seeing there. But best way to communicate with us, Twitter. And we have a question on Twitter. We're, we're not about too proud to ask for these likes and such. And on Twitter, feel free to retweet the show. Yes. Retweet, well, like, uh, review, all of these basic things. So I think it's, we're going to ingrain that in you. This is not rocket science to tell you that we love interacting with our audience and we getting feedback love. from our audience. This is every show that does anything like what we do. So please give us feedback. Let us know what you're thinking. Give us questions. Spark conversation that way. We're having a conversation about Titans free agents. Mm -hmm. And we got in that last segment about opportunity cost. One decision begats another decision. You sign this guy. That means this guy's out the door a year from now. You don't sign this guy, then you can re-sign a guy next year. Randy on Twitter asks Hutton a question. Jonathan, why will you not say that the signing of Clowney 
cost the Titans the ability to sign Janu? Why the focus on the Henry contract being the reason they couldn't sign Janu? Well, Clowney's contract counted last year. Well, Henry's if, counts this year too. If you That's didn't, the difference. If you didn't sign Clowney last year, yes, the money would have carried over. But they need a body last year, and they had to try to win last year last year. And we all thought, look, it's easy to have hindsight and say Clowney didn't deliver. But at the time, it was completely reasonable to go get Jadavian Clowney and think that while he might not deliver a lot of sacks, we expected more than zero, but <laughs> while he might not deliver a lot oh, of sacks, he, he, would, so be, disruptive, Paul. he would be impactful on the if line. If you don't get the impact this guy makes on a football game, then you don't know football. But look, when yeah. the time Stop came. Stop emphasizing sacks, when the time My came, God, look at him set the edge on that play. Wow. When Why do we pay that came, guy that money? When the time came, a lot of teams wanted him. Cleveland was interested in yeah. him. Cleveland was a good football team. Seattle was thinking about it. New Orleans name cropped up. That doesn't up. excuse the decision. I think at the when time it was a When you do something and it fails, decision. it's a failure. Sure, it's a failure. I'm sure there was some dumbass team thinking about drafting Isaiah Wilson, too. what this too. guy is saying is they should <laughs> And I'm not going to say, you know the Jets thought about drafting him early in the second, so that excuses but, it. But, Chad, what this guy is saying is they shouldn't have spent that money and they should no, have saved it No, he's not saying that. Year. No, no, no. no. This, yes. is a, this is an Alabama fan, Randy, on Twitter – who is he's thinking of it in terms of why is Hutton blaming John U. Smith leaving on the Henry contract? Well, that money isn't available. Why don't you blame it on the Clowney that contract? That money isn't available this year unless you don't sign. But Hutton is saying they're right. not signing John or they're not signing Jayon Brown this year in part because of the failures no, of I the Beasley. But you have to not sign Clowney last year to have that money this year. I asked Hutton why not Jayon Brown, and he said because of Jadavion Clowney and Beasley last year. So then the question is, if, if you're talking about this year and not counting, he's saying because the failures of those signings, no. they don't have the money to sign him. The, the, no, they, they have to. It's not just one or the other, though. They have to go address the pass rush. Right. So they're not, and they do that with multiple players. It's not Clowney. It's the fact that they're not bringing Clowney or Beasley back this year after the contracts that they signed uh, because they didn't work out that they have to go address that in free agency with Bud Dupree, that they have to go sign Danico Autry, right? Like, well, if Beasley or Clowney had, had panned, out, panned out, they would have re-signed them, and it would have cost maybe not Dupree money, but close to it. Right. Right. Sure. Um, but Beasley was more than just a one-year contract, right? No, it was one year. Oh, both, both were. Yeah, you're right. So, in, but looking at Henry and comparing Henry and John U to the guy's question, uh, normally I'm, I'm comparing the running back because normally you don't re-sign the veteran running back, so that's not the trend across the NFL. So um, when you bring and you pay a running back, you're losing money from the pool, yeah, money no for one, another playmaker. And that's Randy, just, Randy, I don't blame else, them for that. That's yeah, a great decision. Don't confuse that with us saying they shouldn't have signed no. Henry for the money. It's just it's a great decision. When you do that, then you're not going to have the luxury of going in and getting John U. Smith a year later, is what we're saying. Also, there, the, the, another picking up on that, a, a big misconception I'm seeing on social me media is the idea, well, the Titans are trading defense for offense, as if they're not going to do anything on offense. And again, tight end, they, they're still going to need to be at least something. Maybe it's, it's Michael Pruitt. Ride receiver, if you think they're not going to do anything, you're insane. Now, it might not be uh, Samuel, you know, it might not be a big ticket free agent, but they are going to invest resources at wide receiver. They have to. Do you think they're going to be as good on offense this year, based on personnel? It's, it's when all it's when all said and done. Say. I think they probably come down a little bit in offense and move up 
on defense. But I don't think they're they're sitting in their office saying we have to sacrifice goodness on offense. No, I, in I order to get better on defense. I don't think that, but I do think they're not saying. Guys, we were great on offense this year, and we sucked on defense. Now we're going to flip-flop. We're going to suck on offense and be great on defense. It's not that trade-off, but I do agree with Titans Twitter or whoever who's saying they're taking from offense and giving to defense to balance it out a little One bit. One day. Now, what's- but that offense, I mean, yes, they're going to make offensive moves, but I, I have a hard time believing they're going to match personnel from a year ago with losing Jonu Smith. Corey Davis, the failure of Isaiah Wilson, and the residual effect of that. That one burns. Well, the whole thing. What if they got Jefferson in the draft? This year's version of Jefferson would be better than Corey Davis. Well, they had a chance to get. Well, maybe you went right before them. But either way, I mean, my point being, they could have had Justin Jefferson a year ago. Now, now. Did Justin Jefferson go thirtieth to Minnesota? No, I think he went higher. Yeah, but Uh, either way, yes, you could you could get that. But I'm. It's still tough for me to. I can't remember. Still tough for me to was envision. was in my garage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> Illegally, by the way. Um, violating all sorts of protocols. But you look at that, I, I just, I can't imagine, not that the Titans are going to be bad, but I can't imagine their offense with whatever moves they're going to make, draft and free agency, that we're going to look up and say, you know, they're better having drafted, even after drafting Isaiah Wilson and having to get rid of him and losing Jonu Smith and Corey Davis, they're still better on offense with whatever they do from here on out. But also, you can't you can't yet say they're reallocating the money in some wild fashion because what Bud Dupree is making is is Jadavian Clowney plus a piece of Vic Beasley. But but they're reallocating money right now in a year where the cap's gone down significantly. Yeah. Sure, that's the difference to last year. And, this and year, I'm not and saying they're going to the next move. The next piece is going to be rearranging some of the money that players are currently under with their contracts with restructuring. I mean, that's that's the next piece. I don't know what they're waiting for. They that. have, what, $10 million in cap space right now, roughly? Uh, maybe they, they maybe as much as 12, Spotrack. Now, the, the key with this is, it, for, for now, it's your top 51 players on your roster. Yeah. Um, you don't, you're not at that number until, what, the Tuesday of, or the Monday of... Right, and those will Cut be two minimum day. contracts. So that's in not September. that much. Of, that's not but, that much of a. Boost. But you're, you know, you, you have to make room for your draft class that you're going to bring in. Yeah, your undrafted free agents. Seven million. Uh, but million. all of that doesn't count against your cap until the season starts and you make your final count. So right now, uh, there's a deadline coming up for the top 51 players. That's that's what everybody's looking at. That's tomorrow at three central. So how do they go about making room if they want to add more pieces to that for the top fifty-one? They would have to do that through some restructuring, right? Yeah, uh, and, and I mean Ryan Tannehill could save them twenty million dollars with the restructure. I mean that that alone can can do everything. And Ryan Tannehill's going to play through the three years of mm-hmm. this contract. That's not a question. Um, and I learned, and I wrote this at, at my website, uh, and I, this is a massive misconception about restructures that I and virtually every NFL writer in the country has echoed for all of time. Um, a restructure does not amount to writing, in most cases, a restructure does not amount to writing a check and handing it to the guy at the moment of the restructure. I talked to somebody who absolutely knows the ins and the outs of this. And a restructure, there is language in almost every contract at the time of signing, basic language, that if you restructure an NFL contract 
for, for accounting purposes, which amounts to shifting base salary to bonus for accounting purposes, which lets you then prorate that bonus money over the life of the contract, which severely reduces the cap number for this year and gives you salary cap room, you are still paid that money the same way you would be paid the regular money over the course of the year. So nothing really changes for the player. But in terms of him doing a favor, he's not doing anything except the team is exercising something it's allowed to exercise in the contract language. So all that happens is he's informed that we are exercising this piece of your the language in your contract, and this money now that was uh, base salary is now signing bonus salary, and you're paid the same way on the same timetable. But you know you're getting that sinus bonus money, signing bonus money, right? Right, as a player. Yeah, if you. Whereas in the league, if you're you're getting money in year five, right? But you're clearly not getting cut, and it's all this season that you're getting the money. Now the pay schedule changes this year. Most teams in the league, the Titans don't do it this way, pay, you know, one-seventeenth of your salary every 17 weeks. This year in the new CBA, starting in 2021, you, if it's a, if it's, let's say it's an 18-week season, mm-hmm. 17 games over 18 weeks, 18 times 2, so 36 weeks, you get paid over 36 weeks. Um, and that's... Uh, was designed so guys maybe don't blow their money and uh, <laughs> and have it kind of more spread out income over the course of what the a problem year. to have. More. Yeah. That's kind of an Isaiah Wilson rule. Right. <laughs> Sorry, we have to protect you against your own stupidity. Um, Justin Jefferson, twenty second overall, by the way. So there you so go. In was range, not an in range the of them this year. Right there, though. That kind right. of guy in range of them this year. Uh, hit us up. At Outkick 360, coming up, Chad's going to give us uh, the Josh Heupel discussion. That's just around the corner. First, though, Paul, you give a thumbs down to Kendall Lamb signing as a backup swing tackle here with the Titans. Your, your thoughts on Lamb, who's a former Texan uh, who has been with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, I, I think he's fine as a depth guy. I don't know that he's a guy that's going to come in and put any pressure on Dennis Kelly in, in a competition for right tackle which ideally you'd like. Um, and he can play guard, the too, window, if they needed him. But. Out the window with the Isaiah Wilson fiasco. Yep. Um, so, you know, he's Ty Sambrilo's replacement, um, who's a free agent. And well, Sambrilo wasn't getting that money. No. So, I mean, they consider him clearly an upgrade from Sambrilo. He he's, he's getting a little less like than what Kelly got last year when the intent was Isaiah Wilson would eventually – take that spot. That's why you drafted him in the first round, right? I feel I feel like my interpretation of this is he's the third guy, maybe a swing guy, but if I'm Dennis Kelly, I'm not... Uh, I, I mean, Dennis hey. Kelly's going to sweat everything and he's a pro and all of that, but I'm not looking at this move thinking, boy, I'm, I'm really on the hot seat over this. The Tackle, way I was when they drafted Isaiah Wilson in the first round. Tackle ended up being a Pretty hot topic last year, too, uh, with the injury to Lawan. Oh, Lawan, you know, and, and then we, we know Kelly's best on the right side. Yeah. Uh, then they don't have their first-round pick pan out. Then they have an injury to Sembrilo, right? So all these – This line's in terrific shape now. I mean, if it – you know, things don't necessarily carry over from one year to the next. Sure. But the offensive line, in terms of pass protection and clearly blocking for a guy who ran for 2,027 yards – 
was terrific last year. Johnny Smith was a big piece of that. And I was going to bring up the run game for Lamb, too, because you could bring him in as a that jumbo that package. Extra guy, and he's caught a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody exactly. on the line's caught a touchdown. But now, with Lawan back, that line gets better. And I would feel very good about the Titans' offensive line. Um, and I feel very good, obviously, about the Titans at running back, where you have Henry Evans now back, presumably healthy and able to do the things we talked about after the draft last year, which we never really got to see because he was so hurt. McNichols is under contract. Blasting game re-signed. There you are. You've got three running backs and a fullback. Here's one position we don't have to talk about. Coming up, I, I think Chad is going to take a very leveled, um, a, a very level approach um, well, to a head coaching hire in the SEC. I'm going to do something that Tennessee fans never do. Okay. Take a leveled approach. Never happened for a Vols fan, ever. And I'm going to laugh at the Vols fan, which a lot of non-Vols fans do. The Vols fan. <laughs> We've got uh, Josh Heupel takeaways, which we have not reacted to um, since the coaching search. We discussed that coming up on the Tennessee Power Hour, OutKick 360 on the OutKick OTT Network. NCAA Watch Party coming up with OutKick VIPs this Friday, we will be at 6th and Peabody in Asheville. If you're an OutKick VIP, you can find details uh, there on the, the top bar of the website, OutKick.com. It is OutKick 360. Day number two is here on the OutKick OTT network. Uh, it's been a, a great show number two. About to wrap things up for the afternoon. I uh, want to remind you, uh, speaking of Friday and all week, up until Thursday when the tournament tips off, FanDuel has got you on a $50 risk-free bet. FanDuel.com slash OK360. All the details there. Risk-free. We suggest going big. Loading up and making sure you've got the, the parlay going. Because if you win, you can really cash in. If you lose, you're going to get the, the $50 back, up to $50 back in site credit. Uh, so, again, check that out. FanDuel.com slash OK360. And if you're watching OK360... We hope you enjoyed, and if you are, give us a thumbs up, give us a like, retweet it for us, share everything we're doing and as we begin the, the new journey here on the OTT Network. Part of our job in the beginning, really probably up until football season, is to every day hammer home where you can watch us, where you can listen, where you can find us. And we'll also hammer home the fact that if you just hit thumbs up or leave a review or leave a rating, it's going to help us tremendously. So please do that. Whether you're watching on YouTube, you can now subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, on Audible. Be sure to do those things. It helps us out a lot. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And thank you so much in advance if, if you're doing that. Always be selling. Chad is very good at that. And now I'll Great. steal Hutton's line. Go ahead. Josh Heupel, your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are this. And this <laughs> is going to be very... This is almost going to sound extreme to Vols fans out there because... Vols fans, and I get it, I'm one of them, I'm a UT grad, you are conditioned to react emotionally to everything. Here is my advice with Josh Eiffel and this staff. Take emotion out of it with this. Don't get overly upset when you don't get Ty Simpson, for instance. Don't get overly excited when a couple of good things happen in the offseason. Don't get overly excited about an assistant coaching hire. These are things that other fan bases have done for a while. They can take emotion occasionally out of it. I think Vols fans, because they've been so beaten down over the years, can't really do that. 
Here's my approach to Josh Eiffel. Total wait and see. I had no reaction when he was hired, honestly. I thought, well, he's a good offensive coach. That's how I look at Josh Heupel. Top five every year at UCF. He had Missouri in the top five uh, when, when he was there, which he had a very good quarterback in Drew Locke. But had Missouri in the top five in the SEC nationally in offense. That's a good thing. I think high end for Josh Heupel, and I want you guys to chime in on this as well. High end for year one is because of all the departures in the transfer portal for Tennessee, it's tough to expect much better than maybe 6-6 six and six in the high end. Schedule is favorable. I mean, for an SEC schedule, it's favorable for Tennessee. But go 6-6 six and six and score some damn points. Be Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. I think they went 6-6, six 7-5 and, six, seven and five in the SEC West, but they put up a ton of points. They put a scare in Alabama. They did some really nice things. Tennessee's defense is probably not going to be good, especially the way they're going to try to play offense so fast. Year one, score points, have some fun, have some excitement, win six games. I think that's a huge win for Tennessee. I refuse to accept your weight and see. <laughs> I must have more of a reaction. They hire an athletics director who is said to be fantastic. And he then, the best he can do is hire the guy that he had at an inferior so, school from an inferior conference. He is the guy, first off. Good offensive coach. I, I, I don't know that this is going to piss Tennessee fans off. Say it. But it's true. Say it. Why would you leave UCF right now for Tennessee? I mean, he went AD down the there. list. James Franklin wanted more money. They went back and forth with James Franklin. I still don't buy that James Franklin really wanted the job. I think he wanted to raise from Penn State, but he was willing to do the song and dance. That we know of, they contacted Matt Campbell. He said, no, thanks, but no thanks. Don't blame him. Luke Fickle, probably a no. I'll wait on Ohio State or NFL. Can't blame him. If Josh Heupel said, you know what, I'm at, in a bad year, I'm losing two games at UCF in perpetuity in a program that's going to pay me money, I don't need the Tennessee headache right now under NCAA investigation. I could easily go somewhere else. And if you trust Danny White so much, why not trust Danny White to hire the guy he's already hired once before? If he believes in him that much. He's been around him for the past three years, right? He knows him well. So if you think he's a good AD and he likes the guy that much. Josh Heupel. Scott Scott Frost? No, Gus Malzahn. Oh, at, at UCF? I would have loved Gus Malzahn at Tennessee. I'm not so sure that Gus Malzahn didn't say no to Tennessee. Really? And, and would rather be at UCF. I don't know that for a fact. I don't know that they contacted him. My point being, if you're a Tennessee fan, I think you're in a weird spot if you were pissed off and angry at a guy who wants this challenge. Oh, I agree with Josh that. Heupel was in a place where he, his job was not in danger, regardless of what UCF fans say. His job was clearly not in danger. He likes Danny White so much, and he wanted the challenge of Tennessee. He's a guy who I think was trying to get the Tennessee job years ago, more than likely. I, I don't know how you, you sneeze at a guy who wants the job that was badly it, right now. Now, again, in, I'm not saying he's great. I don't think Tennessee fans should be excited about it by any means. But I don't know that I would go around just saying, oh, well, this guy sucks when he's one of the few guys who wanted the job. Not in danger in 2021. But with a new day, new AD coming in, and so Scott Frost goes what thirteen and zero, and they have their unbeaten season, and they raise the yeah the banner. You know they they have the national title. Um, 
And then Heifel comes in and goes 12 the, and 1. They lose 1 and then 2. And then 2. And then and 3. Then last year, they went 6 and 4 overall. Oh, yeah, and the abbreviated season. So, so with that in mind, where were they trending versus what could he go do with Danny White? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's easy just to say. If oh, we're just discussing why you go to Tennessee. Yeah, it's easy just to say, oh, well, yeah, numerically the losses went up. I don't know what was left when Scott Frost left. I don't know what recruiting classes were. He's not a very good recruiter based on his rankings there. Um, right, so it's tough right, for me right. to say, like, oh, well, was it bad that they lost one game in year one and didn't go undefeated again, or was that a good year? You know, with whatever happened, I don't know their injury situation. I know they lost Mackenzie Milton. But was, hey, was it okay that he went 6-4 and four, given injuries? Their one loss was in the Fiesta Bowl at LSU. Yeah, but you see my point. Like, I don't know that it, what the situation was in their program as much. I'm not defending Josh Heibel. I think he's a good offensive mind. Yeah, you're Everyone saying- that works with him, he's a good offensive coordinator. I think the jury's still out as a, as a head coach. He needed a Rodney Garner, who he hired. Mm-hmm. I think he needed Kevin Steele. I, I don't understand the Kevin Steele decision. So weird. I don't know why you don't just keep him on staff if he's willing to stay. There are some very weird decisions with UT Athletic Department can I, and Josh Heupel with all this. Can I tell you what the Kevin Steele hire reminded me of and how it feels to me? I think I'm going to agree with you on this. Jeff Fisher gave Chuck Cecil this phantom extension and pay raise right before Jeff hit the door yeah. and ended up in St. Louis. And it when Fulmer hired Kevin Steele, at the time you're thinking, okay, he's coming in to help solidify what Jeremy Pruitt's doing defensively. This makes sense as they hit the road. And then Heupel doesn't keep him. That, that it had the same type feel, even though I'm, I'm not exactly sure if that's exactly how it went down. I do know that Philip Fulmer really liked Kevin Steele because he interviewed him prior to hiring Jeremy Pruitt. That's interesting. Felt like a gift to a buddy. It did. On the way out the window. Well, knowing, how it resulted. Knowing felt you like weren't going to get what you wanted. Um, and this is a separate topic for another day. I think Jeremy Pruitt's biggest problem, other than the NCAA problems, in the three and seven season, yeah. was he had no allies other than Philip Fulmer. His lone ally on campus is also out the door. So that tells you a lot. You're not going to stick around at a job like Tennessee forever if you keep losing, but it does give you the benefit of the doubt if you're a good guy and you make friends on campus. And Jeremy Pruitt did not want to do that, and he had no friends. I think Josh Heupel, from everything I hear, people who know him, he's opposite of that. He's a friendly guy. He's business for the most part, but he's a friendly guy, gets along with people. People on campus will like him. They're going to like him a lot more if he wins. I like, for the most part, what he's done with his staff. I like that he's got a couple of proven SEC recruiters. I really like Cody Burns, uh, who I know he hired away from Auburn to go to UCF with him and then comes to Tennessee, the former Auburn quarterback under Gus Malzahn, uh, who's now the wide receivers coach at Tennessee. But I, here's my whole thing. with Everybody asks, you know, what do you think about Josh Heupel? Totally wait and see. I have no positive reaction to it or no huge negative reaction to it. I applaud your general feel for what the Tennessee job is now. Is there any chance the Vols fan base is where you are, or do they still regard it as this supreme job that people should have been lining up for and that White should have been able to land a much bigger fish for? I think Tennessee fans understand – well, it's not just – I don't think it's going to be a less-than-desired job forever. I mean, James Franklin's not even flirting with Tennessee as a realistic option if it's not a really good job. It's still a very good job, but because of the cloud of uncertainty with the NCAA – and by the way, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think they're going to have a one-year bowl ban probably this year, and it'll be done. 
and a couple scholarships reduced. There were no McDonald's bags of cash. None of that is true. Don't listen to it. It's a funny meme. It's going to be a joke that everyone's going to believe is true for a while, but it's not true. But I just think it's a job that there's so much around it right now that it was, it was always going to be difficult to pull a James Franklin, a Matt Campbell, a Luke Fickle, who I would have preferred of that group, as opposed to Josh Heupel. So when it gets to the level of hiring UCF's sitting head coach, I don't think that's the worst-case scenario for Tennessee, as opposed to going and hire some coordinator somewhere and giving them a chance to be a first-time head coach. But I also don't think the Tennessee fans should be doing backflips over Josh Heupel. And guess what? Tennessee fans aren't doing backflips over Josh Heupel. That has not been the case. It was measured. He, he promised measured, and he delivered on measure. The opposite of Tennessee fans. Measured. The, uh, the headlines across the NFL measure. as we wrap up. <laughs> um, Hunter Henry and John o. Smith now teammates in New England. Uh, they're calling that uh, tight England now uh, with, with the Patriots. Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill uh, in a quarterback competition in New Orleans That's with it. Sean Payton. And a corner off the board where Seattle's top corner, Shaquille Griffin, uh, headed to Jacksonville, a three-year, $40 million deal, uh, upwards of $45 million, according to Ian Rappaport, on that. And Gronkowski's back in Tampa Bay. The Bucks are just re-signing their own guys. Hard to blame them. They just won the Super Bowl. Uh, but the Bills were apparently really hard after uh, Gronkowski on the free agent market. The Bills were interested in Jonu Smith. If Jameis Winston wins the New Orleans job, <laughs> it depends. I, I trust Sean Payton. I said that yesterday. I, I, I trust Sean Payton, but I don't trust Jameis Winston, and neither should well, Sean Payton. Sean Winston Payton came in and won a game. Taysom Hill they, over Jameis Winston. They both won initially. games yeah. uh, for uh, for New Orleans last year, one of the top teams in the league. So it's different. To, patch things while you're waiting on your Hall of Famer to come back than to go 16 or 17 games with him. Hey, coming up tomorrow on the show, WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett is going to be... Oh, that guy they found on the street for me to argue with during the commercial? Yeah, he's around here. That guy. Uh, Paul's favorite. He's going to swing by and say hello here at Blackbird Studio. Also, Greg Cosell of NFL Films on the show tomorrow. Deserves a round of applause. Uh, We will discuss all things NFL free agency with the best in the business um, who gave us a shout. He will be on the show coming up tomorrow. Some other guests lined up later in the week. Also, Chad, on Friday, speaking of later in the week... We've got the, uh, the Outkick VIP watch party. We're pumped about. 6 and Peabody, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Special time, special broadcast, leading right into tip-off of the early games of the tournament. We'll be there all day eating, drinking, uh, enjoying your company. Drinking. Hopefully you'll enjoy ours. Outkick VIPs have specials going on all day. We are pumped about it. This T-shirts Friday. available with this oh, fantastic yeah. yes. new logo. I'll be getting a couple. Outkick.com is where you can find it. You can also find Clay's show. Outkick the show coming up later this afternoon. Uh, Stay tuned for that. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. Uh, Thanks for giving us the thumbs up if you'd like the broadcast today. We're going to be back at it tomorrow, 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern. We'll be hitting the NFL free agency headlines. Had more to get to. We will hit it tomorrow on the show. Uh, Huge thank you to our entire crew uh, with Neon Media doing a fabulous job for, for day number two. Jacob Swanson, Lance Lee. David Reed, the chairman of the board, is with us as well today. Uh, Also, Charlie Quartz, the the entire crew. I'm leaving a ton of people out. Uh, Thank you guys for for all the hard work. Emma, 
back across town making the show happen for us as well. It feels like we're back. Doesn't how did how it did day like two how did day two go compared to day one for you guys? I thought it was good. I thought it was a natural progression into what it should be. Paul? It's like riding a bike. It was fun for me. I yeah, hope it was. I've enjoyed for it. you all. It's I good to be back. I, I'm having a blast. I hope you guys are having a blast. And it's great to have David Reed back. Yes. That's, that's yeah. the story. That's the highlight of the day. Yes. Highlight of the day. Join us tomorrow, 11 a.m., right here on this channel, the Outkick 360, Outkick OTT Network.